Did you know that nearly nine out of 10 home buyers say they'd use a buyer's agent when purchasing a home again? Buyer representation really matters when there's 111 to-dos. Visit Realtor.com slash Buyer Agent Toolkit and spread the word. Buyer agents are essential. Well, I mean, in the end, the, the consumer obviously pays everybody's bills. So we, I think what we're seeing is is we are actually focusing on providing services for the consumer, both at the brokerage level and giving the agents tools to provide better value and services to the consumer, right? We, we need to provide services. And how many times Amazon shows up at our door just illustrates the consumer wants convenience and simplicity and certainty. And I think the brokerages have done a good job at trying to accommodate that. The industry is doing a very good job at adapting and listening to the consumer. You know, I laugh. Our kids spend $10 having a milkshake delivered, you know, when they can spend $5. I mean, it's just, I don't think this is going away, the desire for convenience. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends, interviews the brightest minds in real estate. Each week, brokerage leaders, top agents, team leaders, and industry experts join Tracy to share their trends, their secrets to success, and the lessons they've learned navigating this ever-changing industry. Welcome to the Real Trending Podcast, where we speak to the brightest minds in real estate about leadership, business growth, trends, and strategy. I'm your host, Tracy Velt, Editorial Director of Real Trends. Today, I'd like to welcome Dan Amder, CEO of Moving Station. Welcome, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I wor- first want you to describe a moving station for our audience so that they um, you know, understand what you do. So moving station really focuses on things related to relocation and real estate, uh, but we're really a B2B provider. So we're always behind the scenes in what we do in those regards. And our, our foundation started in corporate relocation back in 1996. Um, third-party corporate relocation, um, which is largely to do with real estate. Then in 2001, we expanded to provide those same kind of corporate-level relocation services to the senior living communities to support the seniors from speeding up the timeline from depositor to resident. Um, and then in 2008, we even did single-family rental. We bought a bunch of you know portfolios from REO and converted them to single-family rental for a large REIT. And I say those three things because in each one of those cases, we're, we're actually providing a service as a tag along to another entity. And, and that's why I say we're really a B2B provider. Okay. And so who is your main audience um, or who is your main customer right now? Like type of customer? So right now we've launched uh, our, our quick buy for broker program. And that program is, is an iBuy solution for existing brokerages where we're the back office providing iBuy services there. So that's our largest target audience right now. And we are very established in the senior relocation space, being in it for over 20 years. Okay. And with the iBuying um, component, I know you had talked a little bit um, with me about how iBuyers were really trying to disintermediate the agent and that you're seeing a trend away from that, which I'm, I'm seeing that as well. Um, why don't you give me a little more detail about that and how your um, how the quick buy solution maybe works a little differently than a, a traditional iBuyer as well? 
Well, I don't think it's just the eye buyers that are trying to disremediate the agents. I think many industries have been attacking the agent, the residential real estate agent for a long time. I remember in the 90s, even Microsoft through Microsoft Home wanted to attack the agent and saw an inefficient, ineffective process that they thought they could make better. So I think eye buying is just another onslaught towards trying to disremediate the agent. Um, and, and, you know, partially it is true in that there needs to be some kind of better support because relocating is stressful and we need to provide a better solution. But the reality is the agent isn't what's creating the stress. Um, uh, the agent really, it, that local literal arm on the shoulder and knowledge is, is really valuable. And that's where I think we differentiate from the others in the space uh, as far as disremediating the agent. I think there's a lot of people attacking the, the traditional industry. So let's go a little further with that. So, um, you know, you um, with the with the iBind component, tell me how that works if a brokerage was to sign up with you. Well, with, with traditional iBuying, I mean, they did a great job in identifying that the transaction needs to be simpler and smoother. And, and what makes the transaction difficult is the lack of certainty, right? I, I need to sell my house before I know what I can afford. And then I'm on a timeline to find a new house and I'm coupled with all the timelines and everybody else. So the iBuyers came in and said, look, we can make that easier by creating certainty in the process, which certainty is I'll buy the house and I don't care when I close. And that was very attractive. So, you know, the iBuyers did come in there and they spent a lot of money to try to get to the consumer first. And they were very successful in identifying that need of certainty and convenience to the consumer. Right. And, you know, as a result, they launched into 50 markets. They bought over 160,000 homes. And more importantly, the iBuy solution is the easy button. The consumer starts there. So what they did is they identified a, a consumer ready to transact early in the process and they monetized those 160 homes that they actually bought is really about 5 million leads that they were able to cultivate. So what the iBuyers did is, is definitely brought to the table certainty and convenience, which attracted the consumer. And that's in the end what iBuying is all about is, is to drive leads. Where we differ is... I don't believe in having local boots on the ground to provide the iBuying service. I actually believe the agent is the best person to provide an iBuying function. They know the market best. Um, they're, they're most aware of it. They can get access to the property. But more importantly, it's that trusting arm on the shoulder that is so important in the transaction. I, I really think half our work is social work and half our work is knowledge based. And, and taking them out of the equation didn't seem to make sense to me. Um, in providing convenience and certainty that, to the brokerage. So that's why we launched our quick buy program, which is really like an Intel inside. You buy the Dell computer and you choose which product you want. And that could be a traditional sale or it can be an iBuy solution. And that's where we really differentiate. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of the, um, you know, those in the, the prop tech or tech industry went wrong is not realizing how much um, real estate depends on the relationship between the agent and the buyer and seller and the relationships in their local communities. Um, and, and so it's, it's interesting that you're really, that's where your focus is because that is, uh, you know, I, th I think that's been discounted in the past. Well, it's funny. I just heard a stat today. One of my associates is out at a meeting at a presentation for a large brokerage right now, and they had another speaker on there. And they brought up this information that I thought was really interesting. They said 
a generic question as far as do you trust your local real estate agents? Do you trust your, your real estate? Do you trust the real estate industry? And that gets a very low score from the general public as far as trusting the real estate industry, you know, down there with car sales, right? Which is sad. But you revise that question and ask, do you like working with your local agent? You revise that question to the actual agent who they have a relationship and 94% say yes. And I think that's where the, that's where the disruptors didn't recognize the solution. The agent themselves and their sphere of influence is very, is very potent. Um, and they have the trust and respect of the consumer. The industry as a whole, maybe not, which is what that study says. And I think that was the opportunity they went after. And I, I you know, to me, I, I, you know, when I inventory properties and I buy properties, I always use the local agent. We, we sell properties all over the country and a lot of them, and we never don't use the brokerage in that process. We truly believe in their function and we don't even have the social component that's, I think is so important. So that's where we launched QuickBuy uh, for brokerage, which is to give them the ability to offer convenience and certainty if that situation presents itself to the consumer and is right for them. So to provide them a, a, a menu of choices and then more importantly, identify what's the solution that's right for this family, right? In, in selling their house, not just I'm gonna sell their house, right? What's creating stress and do I have a solution to meet their needs? Yeah, and you um you talked about senior relocation as well because I feel like that um is so much different than corporate relocation. Seniors aren't necessarily excited to move um out of their their home and um aren't really sure where they they want to go or they're forced to go to somewhere to like an assisted living or a memory care. Um so talk to me a little bit about what you've seen in the senior re relocation from a trend point of view and what you're, if you're seeing any changes, because I do know that um, baby boomers haven't been moving like everyone thought they would as well. So tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, it's funny you say that. I, I got into senior relocation because I figured it was a great time to augment my corporate reloc counselors and have them do a dual purpose because seniors move in the winter and, and corporate moves in the summer. I very quickly found out that no way can my corporate relocation counselors counsel a senior and no way can a senior counselor counsel a corporate. They use the same systems and the same technology, but I literally had to physically separate out the counselors because the needs of the senior is so drastically different than the needs of the corporate. So it's funny you started by saying that because I thought there were similarities, there's none. Um, and to answer the question, you know, that is a, that, that demographic is, is an exact group that needs convenience, certainty, um, ease, simplicity, right? They're going through a big life transition. Um, it's very stressing for them to, to understand, to uproot like that. And they need a lot of support. And I think the real estate industry has done a very good job of recognizing that class of customer and creating um, special programs to understand their unique needs. It was their, you know, so the senior community hires us to speed up the timeline for making a depositor to a resident. And often the issue was the home. The senior was embarrassed about the house. It hasn't been upkept. It was really hard for them to get it market ready. They were afraid of contracting contractors to do the fixes they need to do. And then more importantly, 
it was hard to leave for showings and to be different places. So actually, that was the genesis of us creating QuickBuy. We started offering it to our, our senior communities in 2011. So we really started iBuying on a national basis in 2011. And that is exactly that. The con- that demographic needs convenient certainty more than any. And, and, and that's why you know, iBuying was perfect for them. And I think the real estate industry as a whole is really attracting services towards that group as well. Do you provide any um, services, you know, through the, I guess, through the brokerage for seniors as far as um, storage or, you know, emptying out their house or estate sales or, um, or is that something that you partner with them on? Or is that something that mostly the broker takes over? No, no. So we do. So in our senior relocation division, we actually act similar to a corporate relocation company where we'll do the organizer planners, which is an industry that's really needed uh, for the senior in this types, the movers, um, the scheduling of the packing and the delivery of the goods. We, we organize all that and we use the brokers also to help with timing and getting the property sold. So um, we kind of run that very similar to corporate relocation as far as separating out the services for them. Okay. And what have you, have you seen, um, you know, any change in the, the age of a, a senior relocating? Um, you know, like I said, I, I had heard that baby boomers just weren't leaving their homes. Um, have you seen that change at all in the past, you know, year or so? Or No, we really haven't seen it. I mean, during COVID, there was a big drop in the space and people weren't moving, but that was more about safety issues. Um, and, and hurting, you know, and, and being stuck in the community and not being able to have your loved ones see you. So that made a change. But honestly, I think during COVID, the, the occupancy in the senior communities went down as low as 83%. And I think they're getting close to 90% now. So it, it's coming back. I don't see much of a change in the demographic or behavior in the senior communities. Okay. Um, and so let's just talk general real estate trends. Um, what are you seeing out there, um, whether it's through consumer services or how um, brokerages are em- embracing the consumer where maybe it was more about the agent or now it's equally about the agent and the consumer? Um, what are some of the trends that you're seeing out there? Well, I mean, in the end, the, the consumer obviously pays everybody's bills. So we, I think what we're seeing is is we are actually focusing on providing services for the consumer, both at the brokerage level and giving the agents tools to provide better value and services to the consumer. Um, and that's how they're supporting it. But I, I mean, in the end, the consumer is the buyer, right? We, we need to provide services. And, you know, how many times Amazon shows up at our door just illustrates the consumer wants convenience and simplicity and certainty. And I think the brokerages have done a good job at trying to accommodate that. By not only you know bringing in iBuy services, but they're also bundling title and mortgage and everything else, and even even getting the house fixed up in the concierge service. So they're bundling it into a one-stop shop, which is to bring convenience to the consumer. So I think the industry is doing a very good job at adapting and listening to the broke to the consumer. And the reality is, consumers today certainty, convenience. You know, I laugh. Our kids spend ten dollars having a milkshake delivered you know, when they can spend $5. I mean, it's just, I don't think this is going away. The desire for convenience and, and willing to pay for it. is, is Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my daughter thinks nothing of uh, Uber Eats, Starbucks when it's just down the street. We've, we've had to cut her off. So 
Right. And, 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 you know, that's the difference of paying $6 to $11 and they don't think twice about it. But, you know, as a society, it happens all the time. If you think about, you know, trading in your car, you, you've had the choice of trading it in at the dealer and driving out with a new car, or you could have detailed it, advertised it, put it in your garage and had showings. And there's nothing wrong with either solution. Um, one's taking effort and energy. And for that, you'll get the retail price on the car and the other is getting the wholesale price because it's easy, right? I think in real estate, we need to offer that same, right? Some customers need the simplicity um, or, or speed to a transaction and others are willing to you know, put in the effort to get the maximum price. And I think real estate with iBuying has now gone that route, right? You And now with iBuying, we can actually say, okay, family, why are you moving? What is your situation? What are the stresses from the situation? And then what is the right solution for you and how to move forward, right? And I think with the expansion of home selling services, we can actually do better discovery on the home sale side, which is something we never really have done so much compared to the home buy side, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I want to get into the iBuying a little bit more because, you know, there's such controversy around, around iBuyers and that they're never going to be profitable. They're going to fail, you know, with this new market, with the market slowdown. Um, what, you know, what do you say to that? And what makes this solution, um, you know, you kind of talked a little bit about the, the difference, but what, um, you know, what do you have to say to all of that? Well, I mean, I think it's really funny. Like, you know, one company lost a half a billion dollars in three months. Another company lost a billion dollars in three months. And the reality is you don't lose that kind of money without demand. So the reality is, you know, the customer wants the product. You know, what failed was, you know, the, the operational aspect of it and the pricing of it and, and possibly going to market. You know, the iBuyers were spending 8% of all revenue towards customer acquisition. That's what they were spending to kind of get to the consumer before the agent. That that's a massive proposition. So there's no wonder a lot of money was lost. But I don't think it was because of demand. It was because of um, what they were trying to accomplish. Um, and they did, to their credit, identify that the consumer needs choice in how they sell, and they demand choice. And they were really brilliant in being able to bring that to the customer and actually make i buying a known phrase to many, you know, in really four or five years. How have you, um, how do, how have you worked your algorithm or pricing, um, it, or AVM so that you, um, you know, are pricing these properties correctly? Well, first off, I, we don't believe in an AVM. Um, we do not do okay. AVMs. Um, I think that's really hard to, to, you know, Every piece of real estate is unique. We say that all the time. And unless you're going in and seeing the kitchens and the bathrooms and the flooring and everything else and comparing that condition, you can't do a square foot calculation because you'll inevitably get all the lower ones on that per square calculation. All the higher ones are going to sell on their own. So that's kind of a flawed process. So that's why we partner with the local agents, because we actually send them out to take pictures inside of the actual property. And then we have asset managers using technology and comparing that to all other comps that sold in the market to come up with a price. So um, AVMs, I don't think can work um, at this point in this, and, and I don't think they do work. Um, and in the end, you know, the cost to transact is the cost to transact. We have a cost to sell, you have a cost to get market ready, you have the cost to carry. All iBuyers need to be around the same price to make a profit. Um, and they're not trying to make an unreasonable profit. They're trying to make four to six percent 
um, for taking that risk, which is kind of like when you're selling a car, do you sell it retail or do you sell it trade in and get the wholesale price? It's, it's that cost of convenience. So I think iBuying is here to stay. And I think there's a percentage of the customer base that's willing to leave on the table an additional four to six percent for that for that convenience. And then more importantly, um, probably 90 percent of the people want to sell traditionally. Right. And I think what's changing is the customer starts with the easy button. I want to know what that bottom is and then I'll decide if I want to go forward. And that's where the agents and the brokerages need to understand it's a lead generation tool because who doesn't start with the easy button? Yeah. 90% are going to sell traditionally. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to explore other options, but in the end, um, yeah. Right. And the perfect iBuyer is seniors, like I just said, for the reasons I said, or someone going through a divorce or an estate sale um, or someone worried about schools, right? Those are perfect examples of where iBuying works. And then there's perfect examples where traditional works. And I think in the end, I think iBuying or some kind of form of convenient and simple and certain solution is probably 10 to 15% of the market. Yeah. People will start there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the market obviously is changing. Um, it's it's slowing down. And if interest rates do happen to get to 5%, I think it'll speed right back up. But um, do you see any changes in the real estate environment um, that might change the way you operate now or would cause you to add any new services? Um. Well, look, I mean, what we had the few couple of years before was something none of us have ever seen in our lives. You know, the last two years is the anomaly. Interest rates at 6% is not the anomaly, right? If you look historically, they've been at seven over the last 40 years, right? So the anomaly was the last two years and the, and the free money that the government was basically giving us. To, um, that's over. Um, what was also the anomaly was the, you know, 12 to 20% price appreciation. That doesn't happen. Real estate appreciates you know, three quarters of a percent above CPI, you know, roughly 3%, 4% a year. And that's what we should expect. So to answer your question long-windedly, I think pricing is all going to go back to where we were pre-COVID. And then it's going to go back onto a steady path of, of you know, 2 to 4% appreciation. And the consumer is going to come back because reality is 6.5% is a normal mortgage rate that we've all been paying, you know, through the history of time. Um, it's just those that had buyer remorse that they didn't act when it was three. Is slow to come back to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And the people who have a really low interest rate are more hesitant to move um, if they don't have to just because they don't want to lose that. Yes, exactly. So the question is, you know, th that was also part of the crazy. In the last two years, you almost have six million transactions, which was abnormal when normal was four million. So now, yes, you're right. Maybe one million of those four million were moving because they wanted to and they won't because they have a three percent interest rate. But you still have three million people a year that are going to be moving, maybe three and a half you know, transactions a year that are going to move because they have to move. Right. Life moves on. You have to move to accommodate. So I think we'll have volume close to four million as far as transactions and supply is going to be constrained because, as you said, those that don't have to move and have three percent mortgages are staying in place. So housing is really, I think, going to be more stable than people project. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um, definitely see that. You know, we recently um, housed, our housing wire acquired um, Altos Research. So we've got a, a bird's eye view of what's going on. And I know they were uh, the last week, um, some things happened that they were that were hopeful signs for the market as well. So so definitely. 
you know, and, and if you think about it, it's not just for the supply and demand reasons why it's going to be stable. The government wants it stable. If you look at the government policies, it's all about, you know, encouraging home ownership because it's kind of forced savings into retirement. So the government wants a stable house. They want they want a stable asset class there. So policies, if it, you know, policies will always be enacted to stabilize that. Um, so I think it's not just market supply and demand and consumer behavior. I think the government policies will also be there. Um, once we get past the crazy that took place the last two years, we need to readjust because that was that was you know insane and cost of living needs to be adjusted down to to normal, which will take yeah. place right now. Yeah. So my final question is just what's next for Moving Station? Um, anything coming coming down the pipe? Anything going on um, with the company? What's next this year? Uh, yeah, this year we are focusing. So we have a lot of brokerages on board with Quick Buy for brokers. Um, a lot of big names. I think we have roughly twenty thousand agents within that. Um, so our focus is on training those twenty thousand agents. As you can imagine, it's, you know, getting the brokerages on board. Um, we're all on the same page now. We have to train, you know, the agents to be able to offer choice to the consumer on how they sell their house, and teach them on how to do discovery. Like, why are you moving? Where's the stress in the move? And do I have a solution that meets your needs? So it's a little bit changing the way we sell home listings, and that's our focus, um, which is a hard task. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. It's a hard task, but you know, um, we're having great success. Um, Great. In 2022, 8% of our offers were accepted. And again, that was the best seller's market ever. Um, and more importantly, over 70% of the offers we wrote ended up listing with the agent that brought it to the table. So I think you know, those stats are very encouraging for us. So we are investing a lot into the brokerage program. Okay. Well, great. Well, Dan, thank you so much for joining the Real Trending Podcast. We really appreciate all of your insight um, and, and the trends and the iBuying and the senior relocation. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Real Trending. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you'd take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. And we will see you next week with more news and insights.